Hey there, uh, I just want to say, like, I really like your rock band game, that thing on the, like, PlayStation. It's wicked. I said to my mum and dad since I was, like, a little baba, I used to say, hey, we could definitely do with some, like, game where we, like, play instruments, like, plastic, like, you know. And they always used to say, you know what, boy, you ain't, no, you don't know nothing. You is going to rock. Your ideas is stupid. You may as well like jump off a cliff right now. And I used to say, hey, listen, man, I know what I'm doing. One day someone will answer my request, like, you know. And I did. I prayed about it several nights. I used to write letters. And then it was, like, posted. And I guess you guys must have, like, heard what I was thinking and thought, hey, that guy's onto something. Let's make a game that he will be able to play and he will like it. He will go, whoa. Oh, whoa. This is real. This is like actually holding an instrument and playing it. This is for him. This is for you. You, you, you. I hope you like it. I hope you love it. Here, take a bite. How does it taste? Does it taste nice? Did it taste nice? Write back. And here I am today writing back to you, but I'm not writing back. With writing, I'm writing back verbally. Writing back, collecting my cerebral thoughts and showering them to you in a way that is different from me putting pen to paper. I think that's wicked. I think that's wicked the way that technology has made it so I could do that. So thanks. Thanks for everything that you've done for me because it is totally wicked. It's made my life like 10, to, probably like 11 times better, maybe even 12.5. I encountered it. I haven't done the maths yet, but if I when I if I sort that out, I might send you another message with that with that sum in it, and uh, we can work that out. But it's definitely improved my life in some respect. Definitely double digit. It's it's definitely a double digit percentage anyway. So definitely yeah. So yeah, wicked. I've been on here two minutes twenty five, so I better go because like I don't want to. Wasting your electricity because I know you're gonna let make me some more games. Cambridge, United States. Bang. You is gonna make and vomit some stuff over the pond to me. Yeah. What's going on, guys? This is HMX Cat Attack bringing you episode 9 of the Harmonics Podcast. You just heard a voicemail from one Mr. David Radigan, who called into our uh, Skype voicemail box. On this episode, titled Fart We Can Say, the HMX community team brings you the NAM wrap-up. Best Steph talks to you about stuff we think is cool. I sit down with a group from Webtown and the DLC Roundtable. Nam. Nam. The ghost of Nam past. Let's talk about Nam. Yeah. Vietnam? No. Nam 2010, North American music musical band. merchant manufacturer. Merchant. Ma- music merchants. Music merch. Merchant Ivory? Basically, a bunch of uh, hardware manufacturers, uh, guys like Fender, uh, Ludwig, a lot of people that we have partnerships, get together at the Anaheim Convention Center, and everyone shows off their wares, everything from like totally radical custom guitars to you know multicolored music 
stands to hold pan your, flutes. Yeah, pan flutes. Violin. French horns. Leers. So many French horns. But even cooler than Clash that. Horns? If you're like us and you get to hang out with Fender, you get to meet all sorts of awesome rock god people and hear performances by really amazing bands. And occasionally get heckled by them. Yeah, yeah. and get heckled by, by legends and people you adore. So that, that's good. That's always fun. My favorite Nam moment was playing on stage in a rock band stage, which is right next to Fender's autograph desk. And at the request of Ingve Malmsteen, <laughs> We played Ingve Malmsteen songs, and he gave us the Devil Horns, and we did the exact same thing a year ago at Nam, and he gave us the Devil Horns. Yeah, I, I don't imagine he remembers last year. No, he's um, a spectacle of manhood. He is, yeah, he is an absurd specimen of humanity, which I, I love dearly. Um, I like that he wears his shirt unbuttoned down to his belly button. Well, it's it's so you can see the goods. Yeah, which I like he has goods. many of. The goods being his belly button. Yes. I like the goods. Yeah, I mean, it just it just sort of felt like we were, you know, his court band, and he yeah. was the king of all things guitar, and we were there to play for his amusement, and yeah. that was, you know, great. Well, it was, it was awesome because when he first walked out, we were playing Time Bomb by Rancid because we failed in our attempt to try to time a Rancid song with when Tim Armstrong was leaving the Gretsch booth, and instead with the game loading we ended up starting it right as Tim Armstrong left the building also, and Ingve walked in. I don't think they would have been able to hear us anyway because at the time we were playing there were an absurd number of bagpipes playing not too far away from <laughs> yeah. us and that was sort so of bag- there's, there's a lot of bagpipes. The Scots run Nam. That's yeah. all I can say. The Scottish bagpipes. own Nam and they run. I think, uh, I think much like uh, much like Cream uh, the good stuff rose to the top at Nam. Eric Clapton? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Ginger Baker? No, no, like you put in your coffee. Uh, we heard we heard some amazing bands in the little Gretsch stage. I mean, yeah. well, because we were up on the third floor, so yeah. I think they yeah. kept all like the jazz fusion stuff on the first floor, and then once you get up to the third floor, it's like the guitarist from Rat and <laughs> Mick Mars and Ted Nugent. Keep in mind, these were all people that were signing autographs, not people who were performing. The performance yeah. bands were. Mostly Nugent, rockabilly. We just ran into. Well, we were right next to the Gretsch booth, so it makes sense that yeah. they have a lot of rockabilly. A ton of rockabilly bands. and rancid. Yep. Which is yeah. definitely sort of sums up the Gretsch audience, I think, in a pretty good nutshell. It's pretty yeah. fantastic. The rockabilly bands. I liked. There was Hot Rod Trio on the last day, who had who were like old school country, and then there was an amazing family we saw. What was? Does anyone? Mad Max and the Wild Ones. Yeah. Look them yeah. up. They yeah. are a family band. The singer is like eight years old. Yeah, and cooler than all of us. Probably oh, gets a lot God. more ladies than we ever got. Oh, he has the slickest pompadour ever. Yeah. Yeah, and he plays harmonica like a little beast. Was, yep. They were awesome. And then the drummer is like 12, maybe, and he did a sick, like, 10-minute-long drum solo. Yep. We're going to find out these kids are like 16, and we've totally offended them. Yeah. We're old. We don't know. I'm going to say that my favorite part of Nam. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go right ahead. Okay. Uh, was going to Disneyland. Community team, uh, we work hard and we play hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, at we'll, Disneyland. We'll put, in, we'll put in a full day at the convention center and <laughs> we'll play with people and we'll talk shop with, uh, with, with real musicians and then afterwards we'll go out and we'll get candy and In-N-Out Burger and go to Disneyland. Here's and watch a, Aaron get the bejesus scared out of him at the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Oh, Aaron, the ghost is still right behind you. Oh, God, oh, he was sitting in my he car. Hitchhiked. <laughs> How did he do that? He's a ghost hitchhiker. They warned you about that. Don't invite them. Who, Wait. 
My favorite was when we were at Disneyland and like we were on the Matterhorn or Space Mountain. <laughs> We'd go down a big drop and all of a sudden you would just hear Aaron's voice going, Disneyland! Yeah. Disneyland! <laughs> we went to Disneyland. Also, we did Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, yeah. which is a total That's bummer. Intense. Spoilers, <laughs> but you end up getting run over by a train and going to hell. Yeah. And it's a kid's ride. After you go to driver re-education school. Awesome. I don't even know which why we he have would here start driving a car in his library. <laughs> from start to finish. He's a was, wealthy eccentric. Uh, he has the means to drive a car through his house. That ride was an he emotional roller it. coaster. Uh, hey Aaron, what was your favorite part of the show? Uh, my favorite my favorite part of the show was Disneyland. Okay. Um, I'm sorry I ruined but, that. Someone has no, to give an actual okay. show memory. My uh, my favorite actual show memory was feeling somewhat legitimate uh, as a bunch of 20-something video game enthusiasts like being able to set up at the Fender booth and being able to play with real musicians or for real musicians, like even the Ingve stuff, like that's really cool. Like mm -hmm. being able to have artists recognize that, like, oh hey, these guys are like real musicians. They're really up there singing. Um, they're like trying to put on a good show for people and kind of like try to make uh, try to make the connection between what we're doing and like actual musicians and actual hardware manufacturers. That's that's pretty cool. That's that's kind of yeah. like my sappy favorite thing. I had, a, I had a ton of fun talking to people at our booth. I actually talked to a few music teachers who, um, one of them was telling me that this was becoming, he, he loves our games because instead of kids bringing to him certain poppy, prefabbed music that doesn't have much actual guitar in it, kids now bring him things like Deep Purple or, yeah. you know, The Who, and it's stuff that he likes to play and it's fun for him to teach. And um, and then I had a couple of people who had never played our game before but got a huge kick out of it. I met one guy who was a small music store owner who was starting to have big, huge rock band nights at his place every cool. night. Talked to a lot of people about Rock Band Network. It was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun. My favorite part was the Guitar Geeks Festival. So every year Fender uh, sponsors this quote-unquote Guitar Geeks Festival, uh, and it's hosted by this rockabilly dude named Deke Dickerson. Um, Good enunciation. Yep, yeah. Deke Dickerson. Uh, and uh, they do all sorts of crazy stuff, like very, very specific subgenre stuff. Like they had a, a, a performance of all uh, steel guitars, which we, that's when we walked in. And then they had, you know, a number of different types of rockabilly bands, surf rock bands. And then um, the headliner was Dwayne Eddy, who is the king of the twang guitar. Look him up. He's a song in the Forrest Gump soundtrack called Rabble Rouser. Um, it's a very cool time, and um, Deke and his band did a tribute to Johnny Ramone, which <laughs> I particularly liked, because they usually, awesome. they usually yeah. are very traditionalist sort of rockabilly guys, and they dressed up as the Ramones and did Ramones songs. The singer that they got for this was Tom Kenny, who I know from Mr. Show, uh, but most people would know him as the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> and he did. He he was pretty ridiculous. And I actually was lucky enough to talk to him afterwards. Uh, he's a very cool guy. Yep. By the way, you now have two favorites. What was my first favorite? Wasn't your first favorite the uh, Ingve Malmsteen situation? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I have a short term. It's okay. Memory. I haven't given a favorite yet. That, but that's okay because you did an in uh, an officially at Nam favorite and an out extracurricular. Extra actually, I think what happened was he took your favorite, so now you don't get to have one. I still have one. <laughs> Mine was, was hearing yours? the words girl power come out of Frank Bellow's mouth. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> because that is something that uh, is not lo does not logically make sense. Who's well, Frank know. Bellow? 
Frank Bellow is the bass player for Anthrax. Scott Ian was also there, and he heckled you guys as you were playing Metallica, and he yelled, bang your heads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they so were... It like you're taking a math test. They were very studious up on stage. So, so it was, you know, a, 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 I'd say a reasonably eventful show. You know, a lot, of, a lot of interesting things happened to us, whether they were at the show or at a Disney-themed park. Yeah, some lady asked asked John Drake if he had impregnated the Morton Salt Girl's daughter. Yeah, that was a weird non sequitur there's, there's context for that, sort of, but it's... We ran into story. a lot of people story we who, really get who into sort here. of asked us weird questions like that without much context. There, there were a lot, lot of bizarre questions. There were a lot of characters. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of and denim we saw the adorned characters. So much yeah. denim. So much uh, stonewash denim. Yeah. I'm very, a lot of bald eagles. I'm very yeah. proud to but say that I'm now in a very elite group of people that has seen the Batmobile, Ted Nugent, and Disneyland all in the span of one weekend. <laughs> There's probably not a lot of people that can say that. There was a weekend that Adam Ted West. Nugent took the Batmobile to Disneyland, so I think yeah. a thousand yeah. people well, saw Well, barring, barring that one, <laughs> Sorry. one rowdy afternoon. <laughs> what was the Nugent thing? I can't compete with the Motor City Madman. So that was Nam. Wrapped up in a nice, clean package for all of you to understand. Yeah, lots of wild stuff. If, uh, if anyone wants to uh, take a look at some Nam photos, uh, Thrasher and I um, have stuff up in the Flickr page as we speak, uh, or we better have it up by the time we host this podcast. Um, but we should have a whole mess of photos uh, from the floor at Nam as well. Hey, Rock Band Podcast Land. This is the best stuff back again with stuff we think is cool. This time I'm talking to Kevin Fanning, who is our awesome recruiter. You might know him as HMXK Fan. Want to say hello? Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we're going to talk about um, something that Kevin thinks is cool, which is uh, beverages. Kevin is a self-proclaimed beverage enthusiast. I think BevPert. Is the uh, Be- beverage? Like beverage expert? I think that's, okay. like the, that's the term you're supposed to use. Yeah, cool. I, no, I think I've seen that on like AMC documentaries and stuff where they interview yes, experts. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, cool, cool. So I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Fanning, recruiter and Bev Pert. <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Um, so, how did you get your start in the uh, Bev Pert world? That's a great, great question. I have never really uh, been like a huge drinker, really. Like, I don't like drink a lot of like booze and beer and stuff like that I mean I do but not uh, it's not like my favorite thing in the world but I was always really drawn to um, soda and juice and things like that that's kind of like and I just got like really into it I think it was around the time that Pepsi Blue came out I was like wow there's like this whole world that I should really explore and I should try to like try as many different like kinds of beverages as I can uh-huh. and, like I got really involved in like going to like you know like the Asian groceries to like see all the like weird stuff from Korea and Japan and stuff yeah um Ramune um bubblegum soda with a marble in it is like one that like I also like got I've never heard of that it's super cool you should check it out sometime so I used to run a website that was called the knowledge and I ran it um, with a friend of mine um Josh Allen who's um Fireland on Twitter it started off because we were both really in, interested in beverages, so we thought, oh, let's like have a website about it. Like this was like before there was a lot of websites that like talked about beverages and things like that. Okay. Um, now there's like lots of places that do it, so we're not like really, you know, I just have like a deep love of beverages. Right. You know right. I mean? and that's, yeah. like, that's what has to endure. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally understandable. Um, 
So what have you found at like the, uh, the different grocers? Because I know one of the things that I was introduced to not too long ago is like the mango juice in a can, yeah. which I love that stuff. And I've been hearing a lot lately about coconut water. Someone told me that was amazing for hangovers. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't, like, I've never had coconut water. See, the thing that you have to be, like, aware of is that there's, like, these broad marketing trends. And coconut oh. water is, like, in the middle of one right now. They're, like, sort of, like, promoting it to, like, yoga people as, like, oh, this, like really refreshing okay. thing. But it's really just a way to, like, sell people something. So so where is uh, where is orange flavoring in the, uh, in the marketing world? Is that, like, kind of, because to me, like, the orange stuff is always, like, that's, like, forefront on my list. Yeah. But I feel like maybe as far as, like, widespread marketing goes, orange-flavored beverages have had their day. What do you think? I think you're right. I wonder if they're going to make a comeback because, like, you see Crush more now right, than right. you did a couple years ago, which is uh -huh. great because, like, you know, I grew up with it. It was like, oh, my God, orange soda was like, oh, man, pizza and orange soda or, like, oh, strawberry yeah. soda, strawberry oh, yeah. Crush, forget strawberry about it. Crush oh, my God, amazing. forget yep. it. Yes, so good. I already have. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so hopefully, you know, I, you know, I want to see that return to simplicity, you know? I want to yeah. see that, like, orange and strawberry and grape. And yeah, like, grape, know, grape soda. Totally. I'm going to carry grape soda in my heart until I die. It doesn't actually taste anything like grape. No, but it's like blue raspberry. It's just a concept that makes sense, you know? Purple right. grape flavor yeah. is so good. So here at Harmonics, we have um, refrigerators that our awesome uh, folks keep fully stocked with a variety of beverages. I consume these beverages throughout the day. Today I've had four cups of coffee and... <laughs> A juice box and some vitamin water and some plain water. <laughs> so what I did is I uh, I went through the the refrigerator and pulled out some of my favorite beverages and I figured I would get uh, Kevin's take on them. Yeah. So uh, speaking of orange, why don't we try Orange Crush yeah. first? So you picked, you picked a good mix. This, I, I feel like, like it. Yeah. Stuff here. Yeah. So I'm just gonna pour a little bit for you. Oh yeah, this is amazing. A little bit for me. You wanna do cheers? Yes. Yeah. Let's cheers to cheers. Uh, to orange you. Crush. Orange Crush is like totally amazing. <laughs> Like, to me, that is, like, so classic. Yeah. It does not get better. Like Totally. Like, especially if it, I mean, it's freezing cold, right? And right. Like, I'm wearing gloves in here because it's so cold. But, mm -hmm. like, man, if it was summer. Oh, yeah. Take this outside, forget about it. Yeah, that absolutely. Is, like, you're so relaxed. You're feeling good. You're so refreshed. Mm -hmm. And pairing it, I think, uh, orange soda for some reason and fast food. Yes. I mean, like, winning combination. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely classic. So, uh, so that one's good. Let's <laughs> dump these in here. <laughs> Into the spittoon. It's like wine tasting. <laughs> so we can uh, rinse the cups. I hope that this the uh, so I, I hope the dumping sound is yeah. translating. <laughs> That's for uh, now I have uh, IBC root beer, yes, in the glass which bottle. I think is a yeah a classic. I'm gonna totally. open that. Yeah. This again, this is also one of my favorites. Uh, again, I've I've had this already today. Yeah. Uh, this I paired today with a hamburger, yeah. giant cheeseburger. Totally. Yeah. That is so good. IBC root beer. Now, there's people. Don't spit everywhere, please. Oh, my God. It's a horrible mess. Okay. So, there's people who take root beer really, really seriously. And, like, <laughs> Steph is freaking out right now. <laughs> oh, we just went off the rails. Um, I'm okay. Are you okay? Seriously? Yeah. The root beer was that good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there's people who take the root beer like super seriously. There's all kinds of like small batch, like artisanal root beer people like right, around the country, right. which is cool. I'm like, I'm not like, I, I just like what I like, you know, like I don't think I could probably tell like one, like one from the other, one from the other. I mean, I, I know that there's like good root beers and bad root beers, but that's about as like deep into it as I get. Yeah. I know that it's probably totally in my head, but, um, to me, root beer, bottled root beer for some reason tastes better. Yes. Well, there's like, mm. okay. So I think... I think drinks from the fountain 
taste the best. Okay. For like from reason. a soda fountain? Yeah, like soda fountain tastes the best. Then comes bottles. Okay. Then probably becomes cans, and then probably comes like two, one or two liter bottles are probably the worst. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. And I don't know what that's about, like if there's like science related to like uh, the container and like how long it's on the shelf and that kind of stuff, but like for me, like the drive through or the fountain, like that's always like, that's the best to you. Yeah, yeah I, I like uh, I like things in bottles, like like this root beer, um, and also like uh, have you ever had Harpoon's root beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So for you guys uh, who might not get Harpoon, that's a um, local beer brewery in uh, New England, but they also make some sodas. <laughs> a lot, maybe. I don't know. We're gonna have to clean this room. You have to drink this. <laughs> That's gross. The orange root beer mixture. Right, let's go with this juice box next. So I've, I've never, you know, we're pretty blessed here at Harmonis with a, yes. like a wide variety of beverages. I, totally. I've never seen any other company that had like uh, the total variety mm-hmm. that we have. But I've never taken uh, or partaken of the juice boxes here. That's like really, yeah. Uh, the juice boxes. <laughs> We're going to have to get I'm a cleaning glad. crew in here after this. This is nonsense. So, this is a, that makes much more sense. Yeah. I just, uh, I squirted juice box all so over the table. So, this is the yes. Apple and Eve, no sugar added, 100% juice, very yes. berry flavor. And, so, um, all right, wait a minute. Back to marketing trends. Is this also a marketing berry trend? Berry like, is totally a marketing yeah. trend where it's just a vague sense of berryness. It really isn't, like, I don't think it's supposed to, it's meant to, like, directly correspond to any particular combination of Right. Berries. It's just berry flavored. Right. Um, so well, it's gluten free. That's great. So the uh, yeah, the juice boxes are actually um, one of my favorite things in the refrigerator because uh, in the morning, especially when I've had like a really rough night, I will go get a cup of coffee and then I immediately follow it with a juice box. And oh. on some days, I swear to God, I might have like five juice boxes over a day. Um, I live on this stuff. Really? Yeah. So that's an interesting way of maintaining your caffeine and sugar balance. <laughs> exactly. You don't put, do you put sugar in your coffee? Yes, lots. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this to me is just okay. I don't think really? I care about berries very much. I think that, um, like when I get, I, I like smoothies a lot, fruit smoothies. I stop laughing. This is serious. This is science. And I don't like the berry flavors because berry overpowers like other stuff. So like I really prefer like your strawberries, your pineapples and bananas. So you like peaches. the, um, I mean, do you like the berry flavors on their own? Like you said, you like strawberry, right? But Right. But yeah, but not like a blueberry or a raspberry. Like that gets really overpowering. I can see that. So this is interesting. You picked the Polar Diet Orange Dry. <laughs> yes. This is interesting because it says diet, but it actually has calories in it. Like, it's, it's kind really? of misleading. Like, you expect diet to be, like, zero calories, but it has... Um, ah, 15 calories because per it has can. juice in it. It has um, some calories, but let's, let's check it out. Um, so this is available, like, super cheap, like, at grocery stores around here. Yeah, I buy that at Shaw's all the time uh, because, again, when I've had a late night, I think that uh, the it's orange dry... Night, yeah, but. it is always late night. But I think orange dry is, like, one of the best things that you can drink... Uh, after a late night, it's got a it's got a good bouquet. <laughs> Mine is mixed with very berry juice. I forgot to rinse. So classy. I think this is totally good. The orange dry. I don't know why they call it dry or what. Makes yeah, it that's dry, delicious. But it's totally totally good. So it's kind of like orange flavored ginger ale almost, right? I mean, kind of. I guess so. I don't know how I would describe this. Like it's not as orangey as the orange crush. Right. But they have a lot of really good flavors. They have like a mm. cranberry lime or something like that. That's yeah, insane. I've had that one. That one's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Yeah, I gotta say, Polar Polar's holding it down despite the misleading uh, diet label. Right, since 1882. Wow, I'm surprised they've gotten well, away a, with uh, lying a, about calories for that long. Freaking beautiful history. That <laughs> All right. My, so you didn't pick um, my favorite drink that we have here. Okay. Is 
we have we're pretty blessed we have fresca but then we also yes. have the um black cherry fresca i have not had that one it's super good really the thing about it though is that it's a diet drink i mean it's fresca so right, it's like right. it's like low calorie or whatever and i would love it if there was like a real sugar version of the black cherry fresca like uh -huh. it's super super good like so what that. about cherry coke Oh, I love cherry coke. Yeah, cherry coke's really yeah. good. Yeah, and cherry coke zero is really good too. You know, I I can't get behind the coke zeros. I can do mm. it. I don't like the diet coke. Yeah. Um, and coke zero plain is not that great, but like cherry coke zero, I can do that. Like yeah. if, if you if I was gonna like just like shotgun a ton of soda, like, I would definitely <laughs> like go with. I would is, definitely go with that. Is that something you do often? Shotgun well, soda. You, might, you know, you find yourself in a situation where to get out of a quick jam or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. It happens in our right. line of work. So last So last then one. you've got the, the vitamin water dragon fruit. And we have a lot of different kinds of vitamins. Yeah, I drink a ton life. of this. Um, like it's sort of tons. like you think it's healthy, but it's really not. It's just chemicals and sugar and water. I know. Like, they act like it's like, because they call it vitamin. Yeah, I think it tastes good. I think this good. is the one that I normally go for. Me too. I'm a little bit disappointed to hear you say that vitamin water doesn't really have that much vitamins in it, though, because this is how I get the majority of my vitamins well, per day. It says that it's got stuff in it, but it's also got a lot of other crap in it that's probably like not like sugar. super great for you. Yeah, no, it's just a lot of chemicals. It's not really that much water or vitamins. Probably. Yeah, but I it's mean, still good. I totally it's like it's it. where I get the majority of my vitamins and chemicals per day. So yeah, yeah. I believe that. I believe <laughs> that. But um, uh, it's totally good. I think that um, I like the vitamin water. Yeah. I'm a fan. I think they do. I think they do good work, and it's like a. I like the variety. You know, that's right. the thing is you really when you enjoy beverages, you have to like mix it up, and there's yes. a lot of different things out there. So I like that vitamin water has a lot of different things that suit your moods and your whims and all that sort of thing. Right, and I, f I feel like we did a pretty good job of uh, mixing it up today. So I feel like yeah, I, I don't um, I don't know what our readers or our listeners should take away from our discussion, but hopefully Nothing. they'll like. <laughs> Hopefully they'll um, go out there and explore the world of beverages and maybe share with us some of their favorites. All right, right. now we've got uh, like six, like half drinking beverages that you have to like. I'm gonna, I am going to drink all of these. <laughs> um, there's none of this is gonna. I go might to take waste. the polar diet. No you can, no, you can have that. that. You can have that. I will. Uh, that's my favorite. Drink. I'll drink the rest of this stuff. I'm going right. to be wound up for the rest of the day. It's gonna be great. Uh, well, thank you for participating. Thank you so much. For um, bye bye, podcast land. Stay tuned next time for another episode of Stuff You Think Is Cool. Later. Hello, podcast world. What's going on? This is HMX Cat, and I am here with an episode of What's New with Webtown. And I am here with a couple people from our web team, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the new Rock Band Network Creators Club website that just went live. So, yeah, I'm here with some people from Webtown. You guys want to introduce yourselves? My name is Fish McGill. I'm the associate web producer on rockband.com. Uh, my name is Matt Derby. I'm the user experience designer at, in Webtown. My name's Christine Jandro. I'm the uh, production assistant in Webtown. Cool. So you guys recently, um, the end of last week, just launched the new Rock Band Network and Creators Club website. websites. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that process. So how long did it take to get the whole website up? What, a year and a half? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was... From start to finish, not literally like a year and a half, the, the whole push, but... I mean, I'm sure you're doing other things in the meantime. Oh, yeah. There was this little Beatles game that came out and, you know... True, right. Yeah. Um, so about a year and a half, so how many people were, were working on, on the Creators Club website? Um, well, on the website specifically, we had uh, a team of that, that varied over time depending on what at what stage we were on. But I mean, a total of uh, six to eight, you know, eight was probably, you know, during the, during the last weeks, um, 
we had, you know, we just threw all our resources at it. Cool. What would you guys say was the biggest challenge of, of getting everything together? Did you have um, long drawn out arguments about about how what playtest icon to put on the website? <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, but that, I mean, that paled in compare. I think the biggest challenge was, was that there really was no model for what we were doing. I mean, certainly, that um, with the exec- exception maybe of the uh, the XNA creators uh, site, which which you know we, we partnered with Microsoft uh, to to create this site. So we, we took a lot of learnings from them. They helped us a lot in the early stages, but uh, you know they're really doing a, a, a similar, but uh, ultimately uh, not the same uh, sort of project. And and so and certainly as a as a game company, you know we didn't collectively have a lot of experience making uh, a web based community of of authors and playtesters. And so that was that was a real challenge. Like how do we get the right people together to create a community of of authors and playtesters and you know how do we uh, allow them to make the kind of tracks that we would want to sell in in the Rockland Network store and we we actually brought in a bunch of one, one of the one of the most uh, rewarding parts of the process was that we we uh, early on we we brought in some people who we thought would be great authors and we we talked to them about what kinds of things they would want from a site like this and it was totally surprising and amazing to see these you know, these people we brought in already had, you know, they came into our offices, we, we, you know, had them sign NDAs, they knew nothing about the project, and we were like, what would you envision uh, this project, you know, how, how would this project be successful? And they were like, well, uh, I would, um, you know, first of all, it has to be a community-based thing where, uh, you know, it, it can't be a tool that just anyone could pick up, you know, there has to be a learning curve to keep out people, you know, they, they basically described what we had already specked out, which was so great. I mean, that's, that's when I really knew that we were going to do something that, that was going to be valuable to our fans, so, uh, so it was really cool. So community-minded people were totally kept in the loop right from the very beginning on, on the whole process of... Yeah, it. yeah, and they had, they had just amazing, really detailed feedback, I mean, even down to, you, you made a joke about the playtest icons, but they gave us really detailed feedback about that, about how, the, how they, you know, just off the cuff, how they were going to, how they would playtest a song, not knowing anything about the site, you know, specifically... Cool. Um, so, what was? Do you guys have a favorite part of the site that you worked on, or of, you know, whether it was like graphically or technologically? Or well, for me, it was it was really exciting because Matt pulled me aside with our senior designer, um, Rumsey. Senior designer. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and they asked me if I could do some drawings for the site, and that was that was a real trip to work with them. Um, and all they said was evolution, music. Like just come up with something. That was all they gave you to go yeah. by. So evolution music. It was I just... don't even know. I mean, I don't even know if we gave you the if we gave you the word evolution. I mean, we had this concept of someone who starts out as a newbie and and is just learning, you know, just getting the learning the ropes, and then eventually they they you know gain skills and become you know a, a, an expert author. And then Fish came back with this idea of this you know this evolution from a sort of protozoa. Uh, you know, working with this really primitive tool up to this sort of king of rock uh, guy at the end of the process, and um, it was just so perfectly embodied the the project for us. It was really yeah. If any awesome. of you guys uh, out there in listener land were at CMJ, we had some RBN branded tote bags that had 
Fish's design on it, his RBN Evolution King of Rock. That's like bonkers to see people walking around with that and see it on websites. It's it's such a huge honor and it's it's a really cool project because to me it's like it's all about what people want and what they're making and it taps into like groups of people out there that want to play certain songs that don't exist yet and they're gonna make them. Right. And it's like a thrill to be part of that. Yeah, I mean, I was, like, during the during the period, you know, just this super long period that we were working on this and we couldn't tell anyone about it, it was awesome to go to a, these parties and, you know, someone, there was always some guy who would come up to you and be like, you know what you guys got to do? You got to provide a way for the bands to get onto the game using their own tools. You know, and I'd just be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm not talking to, you know, I'm talking about anyone from Jonas Garage. You know, they would have, they would be basically in this drunken state, like, telling me everything that, that I was spending, you know, all this time working on. So it was really cool. It, you know, it wasn't like, it was just so exciting to be working on something that I think people will be really psyched about, you know, having so, you know, such a variety of content. It was, it was really a, a good feeling. You know, we weren't, we weren't building something that was going to just end up in the, in the trash pile. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been reading some of the, the playtest feedback on the RBN forums, and everyone that's been involved is, like, super thorough in testing songs and really constructive in giving their feedback. You know, the, those separate RBN forums are, are invaluable for the whole process. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's, it's so funny, too, um, how much time we spent worrying about people being abusive and, and, you know, or just, you know, trying to trying to push songs through without you know, without really analyzing them. And they're so, like, the people who are on the site now who, you know, the premium members are just so much more fastidious than we ever could have imagined. Like, the degree, you know, like these, these people with perfect pitch who are telling telling people that they've, you know, that their their uh, vocal track is off by half a whatever. Half, yeah, and they, <laughs> they, they, they break know, it down to, like, the specific about. measure, too. Right. They'll be yeah, like, yeah, measure exactly. 63 through 74, your vocal tubes need to be connected right. on this <laughs> syllable instead of this syllable. Right. And, I respect those guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's so amazingly helpful. I mean, that's going to make the difference in a lot of the songs that end up on RBN. Um, and so having that online platform for those people to give their feedback is is totally vital. So you guys mentioned something about a comic that was going on when you were when you were building the site. Can you tell me yeah. about what that was about? There was this long period of time where we didn't know what the initiative was called. We just around here we just gave it the code name UGC for for a long time. Even you know even as we were starting to build the site. Uh, it took a long time to, uh, to, for everyone to agree on the Rock Band Network. And so there were all these unknowns, and, and we, because we were partnering with Microsoft, there were, there were a lot of integration issues that, that held up the development of the site. But we had to make these decisions about like, how to lay out screens and, how, and where people should go at certain points in the production pipeline. And so I made this, this sort of narrative comic that followed this, this guy, actually these two characters through the process of creating a song. And it was a way, initially it was a way to just show the developers, like, you know, when when someone becomes a premium member, they see this screen, and, you know, this is how it has to look, and this is where they go next after that. And it ended up, you know, helping out in a lot of different ways, because, you know, Rockman Numbers, it's not something you can explain to someone in 10 words, you know, it, it, it's a pretty complex process. And so this helped uh, in other ways too, you know, and just getting people familiarized, like new team members, we had QA people come in and we just gave them this comic and, you know, it helped them 
you know, visual um, aid sort of for, exactly. the, for the visual learners. Yeah. Um, do you still have that? Maybe we get a copy of that, put it online somewhere. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it I, safe I, for work? Yeah, <laughs> we, we have it. Um, yeah, we might be able to I, share some. Cool. <laughs> I want to emphasize to our listeners out there that it's not often that you get to work on a project that you launch it and then it grows in front of you. Like when you design something or when you're, you know, working on a website, whether it's a game or whatever. But having that in the beginning, having like a story that you can show to everybody yeah. that breaks it down like here's how it'll work and it's essentially made up as you go along but just having that really made the whole process possible and a lot easier and like i totally get why having a, a user experience person just makes things better it's something that you'll probably hear more and more about in the future as like a career and a role for a designer but yeah i know a lot of people out there are aspiring game designers musicians potential website builders in the future it's not often that you get to make a site that is going to grow. It's usually something like, here's some information, make a site. Right. Bam, that's it. And it sounds like you guys were already working on exactly what the community was looking for. So, I mean, that that's like in a bonus. It's like yeah. unbelievable to have a meeting with a group of people that are so into what you do with their arms crossed. Like, all right, what are you going to tell us you're going to do? And we have a tool for them that's pretty legitimate. Awesome. Um, well, another part of the website that was key leading up to the launch of Creators Club and Rock Band Network was the zine that Christine works on. And there was quite a few posts that went up on that relating to Rock Band Network. Um, Christine, what were some of the Rock Band Network related stuff that went on in the zine leading up to the launch? Well, I think the first post that we put up was actually from uh, Damien, who worked on the first he was the first non-audio team person to get a song completely through the pipeline. Oh, cool. Um, back before we even launched the open beta. Um, so he had worked on it, um, you know, using the same tools we provide to everybody else in the rock band network and um, got his song through. The band was The, the Cold Goodnight. Oh. And so he wrote an article for us about tips on authoring. So stuff to watch out for, at, you know, if you've never used the tools before. It's a great article. In knowing nothing about the process, I read through it and, and could understand why this is so difficult for people to do and why it's so time-consuming. Cool. So, um, yeah, and you can still find that article up on the zine if you go through. Um, maybe we can put a link up so that it's easier to find right now because I think it's a little bit um, further back. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a couple posts from PAX that went up. Yeah, we had these great, uh, this great series of three videos from PAX. Uh, first one was Nord, who is the production something. <laughs> He's the <laughs> RBN guru. <laughs> so he uh, he did a, a panel about how RBN works, and then Caleb did a panel um, about the, the actual authoring process, how it works, and you know what the tools are and things like that. And then we had um, this great video where Jonathan Colton uh, came in and they showed how they authored his song in using the RBN tools, and then send it to the Xbox, and he plays it with a group of fans in the crowd. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that video, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's, it's really awesome to see him playing his own song, and, you know, he's not FCing it, we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also nice enough to write an intro to the video for us. So. Excellent. Um, so is it possible for people out there in podcast land to contribute to the zine? Do you ever have sort of like fan-generated articles that, that get put up? Sure, we get a lot of stuff from the forums actually where people will post stories about either rock band parties they've done or um, people they've met because they play rock band um, and things like that and most of the time our, our wonderful community team will spot them and send them our way 
and then uh, we'll, we'll ask for pictures and things and, and put them up on the site. We had um, a pair of people that got engaged because they met playing rock band on Xbox Live. Wow. We did an interview with them. You know, a couple of people that did uh, their own charity rock band tournaments. So we've had some really great stories come out of the community. Cool. So, yeah, some of you some of you people out there that are new authors for Rock Band Network, you should um, stay posted to the forums. And if you have interesting stories, you should post them up. And maybe you will get chosen to be featured in the zine. Um, and we also love photos and videos, too. Well, thank you guys for taking a few minutes to talk to us about Creators Club and Rock Band Network and, and the Harmonic Zine. And that's it for me. We will see you next time. in the bucket, Trace Adkins swing, and Willie Nelson's on the road again. And just yeah. like the just like the day after Thanksgiving, leftovers are the best part. Well, that sounds like some knee slapping fun. Willie okay. Nelson. I'm excited about the Willie Nelson song. I'm excited about I'll, she thinks my tractor's sexy. I actually. I think are sexy. I, well, actually, the song's kind of fun. A lot of these songs, I, I think. Uh, they're really hard on guitar a good deal of the time. Yeah. yeah. And vocally, they're actually really fun to sing. I know mm -hmm. people make fun of them, but that's ridiculous because She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy is actually hilarious. I was being totally yeah. serious. And no, really it's, like it's, no it's, a good, it's a great song. I, I will say, America. One thing that I like about, about the country songs in our games is that you can't, if, if you're someone who's a vocalist, you can't play them the way you play certain other songs. Like, you can't sort of make a noise or make a monotone pitch and just the pitch detection, you actually have to try to learn the song and learn the melody a little bit. Why do you, mean, why do you think that is? Um, it's more like it's like the Alanis Morissette thing, where like you know, like if you try to like if you just try to do that to like you ought to know, like you will fail miserably because she does that like low to high, low to high, low to high thing mm. constantly. And there's definitely a lot of like weird tonal changes through a lot of those. So what we've learned from this podcast mm. is that Alex Navarro sings "You Ought to Know" an expert a lot at home by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron, do, do you think tractors are sexy? I'm kind of iffy on tractors. What about John Deere? Oh, well, I I think it's time we send John Deere a Dear John letter. Oh, Aaron's a Toro guy. Aaron's a Toro. Wow. I like post hole diggers. Yeah, okay. See, different strokes for different folks. Hey, we want to know what you guys think about tractors, so you should call it. Guys, I honestly don't care what you think about tractors. I'm trying to get that sound again, but I do not care what you think about tractors. Aaron is not going to sleep at night until you tell us. We'd like to hear the ladies weigh in on this one. So. I, th I think um, the country track pack does appeal to a lot of the female vocalists yeah, yeah. Uh, in rock band. I think we get, like tractors. We get yeah. tons, tons of people requesting country songs. This will be very good for them. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So yeehaw, guys. Yeah, yeah. Later, y'all. Yeah, that's gonna get me. <laughs> Art, we can say. <laughs> we can't. Yeah.